Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world and whenever you are tuning into this video. My name is James Porcelli. I'm Brian Thomas. And welcome to another episode of Ruthless Talk. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Shout out to the Alpha Academy, Chad Gable Absolutely. and that whole freaking crew. Uh, as we're going to get into them, I'm sure, moving forward down the road once we talk AEW, uh, you know, down the road for the foreseeable future. But but today is Thursday. Today is all about AEW. And you guys know it's also we are going to be talking NXT as there was a pay-per-view uh, this past Sunday called the Great American Bash. As we're going to talk the positives and the negatives and we will break that down and we will talk about that at the end of the show, as well as uh, AEW. Now, a lot of our topics today are pretty much just going to mesh between both, you know, Collision as well as Dynamite. So we have three main topics that we do want to cover, as this is a jam-packed show for you guys today. And of course, we got All In, AEW All In, that is now legit, I want to say, three weeks from now uh, in London in Wembley Stadium. So there's going to be a lots to talk about in the next uh, next several weeks with that show, as well as AEW All Out. That is going to be September 3rd. So a lot is happening in the world of AEW, a lots to cover, um, and a lots of stuff to get into. But let's dive straight into this. The first topic that I do want to mention, of course, we'll give shout outs and we'll give little briefly topic discussions as we go along here as well. Uh, but the main thing or the main first topic that I do want to cover, um, and that is CM Punk. And that is with Collision uh, from this past Saturday. As CM Punk came out, this was hour number two of AEW Collision. He comes out and he reveals uh, his AEW title, the AEW title that he won, specifically beating John Moxley for it um, not too long ago. I believe it was, what, November or October, or somewhere, or somewhere in that time like frame that, of 2022. Yeah. So yeah, some somewhere around there. Um, you know, he 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 wears it, or he brings it in the big red bag that he's been carrying around. He takes it out and reveals the title. Um, you know, he talks Ricky Starks before he does such. You know, he's talking Ricky Starks, beating him twice in the tag, and of course in the Owen Hart Cup tournament. And then that's when he takes the belt out and proclaims himself to be the real world champion, not because I deserve it, quote unquote. Because I have earned it. He's like, this title is mine. It belongs on collision. This title isn't stolen, unlike my catchphrase. <laughs> Freaking, I'm sure people can understand what I'm talking about there. Yeah. Um, he's like, listen, you know, this is the same title that's covered in my blood when I beat John Moxley for it. Nobody has pinned me. Nobody has, you know, submitted me for this title. I am still your real AEW world champion. Um, and that's when Ricky Starks comes out. Ricky Starks comes out. He interrupts with no with no uh, no theme music or anything. However, this and this is very fitting to his character. He comes right. He's like, listen, I'm going to come back out. I want you all to hit my theme music and we're going to do this properly. And he goes back. They hit his theme music and he comes out. He does his whole shtick and everything. I thought that was a little cool little touch there. Kind of fits Ricky Starks in his whole, his whole little persona. So I like that a lot. Um, so look, you know, Ricky Starks kind of, kind of explains his whole type of cheatery is that's kind of been the main focal point in regards to punk as well as Ricky Stark says, listen, he's like, I bite you before you could bite me and go, cause you would have done the exact, the exact same thing, you know, and he, and he challenges punk straight up for being the real championship. Well, he says, why don't you put that title on the line? He's like, I've deserved it and I've earned it. 
you know, and CM Punk says, listen, if, if he's going to wrestle, if I'm going to wrestle you for this title, he wants a special guest referee. He's like, listen, I need some eyeballs. That way no freaking cheatery goes around or whatever. Um, and then that's when he, he, he does, he lets Tony Schiavone do the honors and say, you know, why don't you let Ricky Starks know who the special guest referee is and your special guest referee. And this is going to be next week on collision. Uh, it is Ricky, the dragon steamboat. That's right, guys. Ricky, the dragon steamboat will be the special guest referee for this said match. So if you guys are old school fans like my man Brian Thomas here from way back in the day, you guys know exactly who this dude is. He is a yeah. legend in the industry, and he's going to be the special guest referee for this match. So, um, And that is pretty much it. Of course, Ricky Starks, he said some words beforehand. Uh, Ricky Starks, and we've talked about it so many times, Brian, about Ricky Starks and how, you know, again, following the MJF feud and just how – just unimportant Ricky Starks has felt even with the whole yeah. shtick with Jay White. And even though we talked about as well, Samoa Joe, who we thought was going to be feuding with punk and he's kind of just been pushed to the side. And now you have Ricky Starks in this heel persona once again. And Hey, at least for what he has been given, he's been, he's, he's been holding his own. So, so much yeah, props absolutely. to him as next absolutely. week. <laughs> absolute that is right absolute doing his freaking thing this past saturday yeah. um so it will be absolute ricky starks versus cm punk with your special guest referee uh ricky the dragon steamboat for that said title next week on collision so very very interesting so brian i'll have you start off since i've done a lot of talking to start this show of course so uh your thoughts about punk uh bringing back this said title uh, his, his this little shtick that he's got going on with Ricky Starks in this upcoming match next week on Collision. Yeah, I like it, man. Um, I think this match is going to be solid. Um, you know, and I hope it goes, you know, a, a little bit further than this, that this isn't, you know, I know they have fought, but I, I think it would, if they just end it here, um, I think it needs to continue a little longer, um, but that's just yeah. my opinion. Um. The Ricky Steamboat, uh, dude, um, as I talked about, you know, before we got on here, um, you know, back from my era, and this is just, you know, how I personally felt about him, like, even more so than Hulk Hogan, um, if you want to talk about, like, the ultimate baby face, it was Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, man, just as far as his, the clean cut, like, honesty, you know, do things the right way, I mean, that's, that's Ricky Steamboat, so... To have him in this match like this, I mean, it, it makes sense. You know, we all get to see Ricky Steamboat again. So, yeah, I like that aspect of it. Um, the Samoa Joe thing, yeah, it's weird. Uh, could he possibly get involved here, you know, in this match? Yeah, maybe. You know, we'll see. Um, but either way, I, I think it's going to be an entertaining match. You know, they both on the mic and their promos, you know, they're going to deliver. Um, the match, um, you know, just because of Punk's age and the fact that he has been out of, you know, live competition, you know, for some time, I mean, I have no doubt that he's going to step up and perform, but really more so even Ricky, man, I, he, he's going to nail out. Like, I have no hesitation to think, you know, he's, he's just going to, you know, hit another home run here because... Yeah. He showed when he's given the opportunity, that's what he's doing, man. Um, so, yeah, shout out to him. Uh, I will say with the titles and, and going into that, you know, I mean, I get it. You know, it's a good shtick. It fits the story. But also within AEW, right, we talk about titles. And, there's you know, there's a trios title and the FTR title. And 
So now you have another AEW title with just an X over it. It's just, eh. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I mean, eventually, I, I would hope, and as obviously Punk had mentioned, you know who the who the real champ is in AEW. Somewhere down the road, they you know they gotta you know tell that story or have that feud with whoever's carrying the belt. I personally think if if that's what you're doing, it's got to be MJF and Punk. Um, but we'll see. Um, I, I just think it, it, it could be it, – it, ha, it has its short-term place in this little story, but don't drag this out too long because there's just – the titles are, are just getting to be meaningless, and, and that's that's a shame. So that's my only real gripe about it. But otherwise, man, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no, no, I, I completely hear where you're coming from for sure, and, and definitely when it comes to Ricky Starks. Um and and no doubt with with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, you know, I was thinking about it more and more when we did talk about it uh, before we got on here. Um, obviously, you know, when it comes to Collision, and hey, shout out to Collision. This was, I believe, their second highest rating since they've started. I believe it was around just above a seven seven hundred and thirty some odd thousand viewers. Um, and hey, again, this was probably. And I'm going to be honest with you, Brian. Even though from the premiere show, this was probably their best show that they've put on and i'm talking from actually you know with with punk or excuse me with mjf and adam cole and we're going to get to them in just a second kind of like giving a little bit of a little bit of a cliffhanger of how the the match ended and what happened after the right. match so that's little things like that that is needed for you know a wrestling fan base to continue watching right so but but back to the subject with punk you know <sighs> You know, and, and I even said this to you as well, Brian. It seems like they're kind of doing or trying to, as I should say, is trying to re, you know re redo the whole John Cena punk shtick, where freaking punk came back around SummerSlam time, which is again <laughs> freaking go figure, right? We're in the middle of the summer, right? Um, and SummerSlam Deja is move. legit this weekend. What a shocker, too, right? When right. you know when punk. Um, the whole shit or the whole feud with Cena where he left the, he left WWE with the, with the title. He comes back with that title. So John Cena, he, he won a separate championship because punk left the company and he comes back with that title. So it seems like they're trying to create that same type of magic here. Is it going to work? I don't, I don't know. Um, but here's what I'll say in regards to punk and Starks. Um, especially the fact that this is their second match. And Brian, I don't know how you feel about this, that yes, I know that you need to have, you know, good wrestling and, and, and reasons to watch shows, especially like collision. I don't know. I would have saved this for maybe all in, you know, maybe like Ricky yeah, starts no. and, and, and yeah. CM Punk and put Ricky, yeah. the dragon steamboat as your special guest referee. The more I'm thinking about it, I'm honestly fine with Ricky. Uh, doing the match as the referee, I have actually have no problem with it. The same same way I felt about, I think it was Jeff Jarrett when he was the special guest referee for, for both, I believe it was the Street Profits and the Usos for SummerSlam. I believe that was just last year, not too long ago. So there's no harm, no foul to that. So yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see as well when they have this match. I mean, are they going to rush this to, to all out? I kind of hope they don't. Um, because again, when it comes to Punk and, and MJF, you know, the amount of times they've already faced each other already, you know, you definitely want to make this next, this next meeting with each other meaningful, you know, 
And yeah. it's going to be interesting whether they do do this at all out, because clearly they're not going to do it at all in because of the announcement we're going to make in regards to the world championship or <laughs> the other <laughs> AEW world championship. Um, but yeah, so because because here's the thing with with MJF, too, if, if that's if that's the shtick that they're doing and we've talked about it with MJF, you know, MJF has been getting even as the heel when he plays the heel, MJF has been getting a lot more cheers, a lot more People are starting to become fans of MJF. And with CM Punk, you're getting more of that 50-50 reaction. You, yeah, you've kind of yeah. heard that ever yep. since he came back. So the fact that Punk is trying to play this babyface character, and we assume, of course, we'll, we'll see what happens in regards to this feud with uh, with Adam Cole that MJF's got rocking with right now, that if MJF is going to play the heel, he's going to be more of the babyface because he's going to be playing the heel character. And here you have Punk. You know, outside of Chicago, this dude is going to get a mixed reaction every single time, which, again, is just weird. So, so I don't know, and and I and then that's that's where I agree with you, Brian. So where like having these titles involved, it's definitely weird in how they they go along with this. But you know, I I guess I guess we'll soon find out. So the whole and the whole X over the thing. Uh, I know people made uh, or the X over the title that CM Punk did with the spray paint. Uh, people were like making comparisons with the NWO with freaking, I think it was Hulk Hogan put the N- oh, yeah. NWO right, right. over the world heavyweight championship. So yeah, yeah man. I mean, look, I, I need to see, I need to see where things go in, in, in regards to this because, you know, it's, you know, punk just came back. They're legit just, you know, getting this whole shtick started with Ricky, even though I, like I said, I'm in agreement with you. I, I hope that this doesn't kind of just end this or this coming Saturday. Um, and that's the thing too, right? Cause SummerSlam is going to be this Saturday. You're going to have yeah. this said match on collision. How many people are actually going to watch it? You, you know what right. I'm saying too? So that's another thing, which is also weird to me, which is why it's a, you know, you could save this for all in really start to get your card stacked up and yet you're doing it on collision. I, I don't know. It, it's just, you know, I, I get it trying to get viewers to watch your product, but again, you know, your rival company, that's what you want to call them, is having a big pay-per-view, not just any pay-per-view, but the second biggest pay-per-view of their calendar year. Highly doubt people are going to be watching Collision over that. I'm just saying. So, and that's and that's why I say that, Brian, is that, you know, how many people are actually going to be watching this said match live? You know what I mean? So that that's the only that's the only gripe I have about it. So it seems like they're trying to strike lightning in a bottle with Punk and MJF and you know seeing who the real champion is moving forward is that's that's what we assume is what's is what's leading to this. So um will it? I don't know. It remains to be seen. But Brian, your final thoughts in regards to uh in regards to all of that. Yeah, um I I agree with you with the the whole, you know, who's, you know, face and heel and whatever cuz well, first, even to when they're having this match, I think it was even on last week's podcast where I said, "Yeah, like, yeah, this this should be at the Wembley, you know, the Wembley pay per view." And if you add Steamboat to it, fuck, even better. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 quick shout out to AEW, right? Because as of now, like, I mean, and you can go back to even, you know, I've said it before, and I'll own it, man, dude. They proved me wrong, and kudos to them because I, <laughs> this is going to be a a huge freaking show. I mean, and, and, you know, and kudos, you know, well done. Absolutely. But putting this match in that show. Yeah. I think that's where it belongs. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and even to you know the the heel and and stuff you know yeah i agree with you man i think right now like well i think starks starks and punk are both they're, they're both capable of playing either i think right now though like the AEW audience, right, wants to be behind Ricky, right? We want to to cheer him and celebrate him. And you see the mixed reaction that Punk gets. It, it is 50-50. Um, so you're, you're tr- but obviously within this feud, you're trying to make Starks the heel and Punk the face. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if that's necessarily the right call here, you know, to go that route. But either way, you know, I, I think they're both going to deliver. So, you know. And the whole X over the title thing comparison to ND- NWO. Like, yeah. Again, I said it last week, man. Yeah. Like <laughs> nobody's reinventing the wheel here. Like mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, there's few. You know, the few that really stand out, right? The ones that we can put on the the Mount Rushmore who really take what aspect of it is, whether it's you know Flair or Hogan or Taker, or Stone Cold or The Rock, right? Very, very few. But everybody else, man, and even within them, right? They take aspects of what they've seen before, what mm-hmm. drew them to wrestling, yep. and put their spin on it. Like shoot, freaking Rock, Roxanne Perez and Blair Davenport. That whole freaking gas station brawl, legit. That was also a replica of the the supermarket brawl between Stone Cold and Booker T. I mean, again, these are things that have worked yeah. in the past, like you mentioned, and they just put their own spin on it. So yeah, no, absolutely. Right. So absolutely. That's somebody's biggest gripe of like, oh my God, he put the X and that's too close to NWO. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Like it, it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like you yeah. know, that's that's like the the just the low hanging fruit, like the yeah. Yeah. It's similar. It's yes, it's a throw it makes you think of NWO. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. NWO yeah. was one of the biggest things that ever happened in wrestling. Why not? <laughs> yeah exactly man no 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 uh no no lies detected there absolutely so but yeah just to kind of just end things with this topic you know the main thing that i just hope that really that aw really follows through is is ricky starks himself just the book yeah. of ricky starks cm punk is gonna be fine right i mean right. yes we, i know we have talked about in the past about you know how how much is CM Punk really helping the company? But again, when it comes to Punk, he's going to get a reaction. And, you know, Punk is CM Punk. He's made a name for himself in this business. CM Punk is, you know, CM Punk is CM Punk. He's going to be fine. But when it comes to Ricky Starks, man, I still feel like Ricky Starks still needs, you know, there there still needs to be more of uh what's the word I'm looking for? Just more of a direction for him. Because, I, again, I feel like... Ricky Starks hasn't done, and again, no fault to his own. And when it comes to Tony Khan and booking him, you know, there hasn't been a whole lot that you can gravitate towards to Ricky Starks. So I really hope that Ricky Starks, whenever this shtick ends with Punk, because it's probably going to come to an end probably sooner rather than later, to be quite honest with you, unfortunately. But we just hope that moving forward, you know, this does wonders for Ricky Starks and it makes Ricky Starks just more of a star than he was going into it. That that's, that's the only kind of hope that I have, you know, we know, we we know what CM Punk brings to the table. We know what, what, what could, you know, and what we hope that could lead to with him and MJF. But when it comes to Starks, man, you know, we know how talented the dude is, you know, give him something similar to this moving forward, you know, have him rack up some W's and racks up some more momentum 
and really make this dude feel as such, you know, and really get this dude because he needs consistency. You know, this, 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 this dude needs yeah. moments. He needs to create more moments in this industry. That's what Ricky Starks needs. And I hope maybe this can be the start of that whenever this whole thing with, with punk ends. So, and that's, um, and that's, yeah, that's pretty the, much it. Yeah, but yeah, Brian, go ahead. Point, that's why it just makes more sense to have this match at the Wembley show. Cause just the yeah. atmosphere and the moment and the, exactly. Because I have no doubt, and and look, I still like he's he's going to have a match. I would assume at Wembley, whoever that may be against. Maybe yeah. it's against Punk again. Who knows? I don't we'll know. We'll see. Yeah, but um, I mean, he's going to be there. I'm just saying, like in the moment, you're you you got this here. Like, yeah, I just think this fits better in that atmosphere, in that stage, in in creating a star. Because I have no doubt he's going to freaking he, he's going to knock that out of the park, man. Like in that audience, mm-hmm. that crowd, that spotlight. Dude, he's going to deliver for sure. No doubt. Absolutely. Um, Before we get into our next topic, you know, I forgot to mention this at the top of the show, um, but this involves and this has been talk around uh, in WWE um, and that's Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon, uh, from what I've been hearing or hearing reports, is that he is taking a leave of absence or he's taking a leave from his executive or his executive chairman role, because I believe he developed some type of health issue um, just not too long ago as well. He's in a run. He's in a run with the federal government. <laughs> so freaking Vince McMahon, man. I mean, even though he's I guess you could say no longer head of creative or he, he no longer has the final say of things. The dude is still dealing with a bunch of just crazy fucking shit. Um, but but in all seriousness, um, even though he's on himself. But yeah, he breaks exactly right. But and regardless of how we feel about the dude and, and, and everything we've said about Vince is, is for justified reasons. But of course, when it comes to, you know, somebody's health, uh, we, we just hope that, you know, everything works out for the dude um, as, as there. He has had a leave of absence. I believe that announcement was made yesterday. So I just want to give that shout out to to Vince McMahon himself and just hopefully he he recovers and ev- and everything goes well. Again, regardless of how we feel about Vince, you know, when it comes to somebody's health, you know, we always want to make sure that we wish them nothing but the best. But yeah, of course. And then of course the whole running uh freaking run uh, a run once again with with the whole federal government. That's just on Vince McMahon and, and Vince just being freaking Vince and just you know, that that's where the whole just justification talking about Vince McMahon over the last several shoot freaking months since we, 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 we uh, we've been talking uh, Vince McMahon on this podcast, you know, comes into a, uh, into fruition. But but uh, but shout out to Vince himself. I know. Crazy. Right. When 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 did when did anybody think that we we're going to give a shout out to Vince McMahon? But let, but shout out to him and hopefully he recovers and, and prayers and speedy recovery. Uh, for, for Vince McMahon uh, in regards to his uh, just his condition, just wanted to throw that out there. So, um, but next topic that I have in regards to uh, to AW, um, and of course, like I said, we'll make some shout outs along the way when it comes to both Collision and Dynamite. As like I said, we're just meshing everything together here. Um, the next topic, the main topic that I have, um, is the uh, AW Women's Championship, as we now have a new. A new AEW Women's Champion in Hikaru Shida as she defeated Tony Storm in the main event, may I add. The main event of Dynamite last night as she defeated Tony Storm via the awe-inspiring, the ultra-devastating... Roll up! 
There it is. I don't even need to say it. Freaking Brian knows knows the drill. Roll up finish, guys. That's it. So Tony Storm held on to that title for 66 days as champion. You hardly even knew that she was even a fucking champion for those 66 days. And here she is. And listen, I get it. Look, it was technically what? Episode 200 of AEW Dynamite. So they wanted to make like a special good feel moment for the show and have Sheeta win the championship and you put your women in the main event. I, I, I get it, man. But listen, we and Brian, we've, we're kind of a broken record. We've been a broken record about a lot of things on this platform. And one of them is this AEW women's division. And listen, I love the fact that they got the spotlight and they got this main event. I think that that's great for them. However, again, going into this match, who really gave a fuck? Because there has been no investment there has been no intrigue going into this said match. So yes, even though this is a step in the right direction to give your to give your women that spotlight or to give that women that shine that they deserve. However, just placing them in one match for one night in your main event is not really helping your women's division. So they're going to have Absolutely. to do like I like I always say, triple t- like 10 times the work to now make us believe Right after Tony Storm holding this type this title for again sixty six days, and again Brian, half of those days, people I'm sure, and again people, you, you better not be bullshitting me here. You cannot tell me that you forgot that you know that Tony Storm was even a fucking champion, right? I mean, like legit. I mean, there's times where I freaking forgot. I'm like, holy shit, Tony Storm is holding on to a world championship, and you wouldn't freaking yeah, know that yeah. because again, that's how bad this women's division has been freaking booked. And now again, yes, great for Sheeta, you know, golf clap. She's now a two-time AEW women's champion, but we expect now Sheeta's title reign to just be just to be any any semblance of getting any better. It's just right. it's just really really weird to me. So great for the ladies that they got this main event. Um I and, and we didn't even mention this Brian before, and I don't know how much you saw of this match or what you got out of this match, but there was a point of this match where I believe it was Soraya. She tosses the, or Soraya, excuse me. She tosses the the kendo stick, like she does kendo stick that she walks to the ring. Yeah. And, and she slides it into the ring. The freaking ref sees the whole thing. And she slides it in between both Storm and Sheeta. And I'm like, what the, f-? I was I was very baffled by that. Like if you're trying to play the numbers game, like that was, that, that just made, the outcasts look like a bunch of fucking idiots. I, I I don't I don't know. That that's just really weird to me. Hell here, here's the kendo stick. Freaking use it to your advantage. And then like the referee's just like, the fuck? I just saw you just toss this kendo stick in the ring. Um, so I just found I just found that weird, uh, honestly. But but listen, congrats to Sheeta. Hopefully, and we pray to the Lord, to the wrestling gods. <laughs> freaking uh shout out to JBL, the wrestling god. Uh right. <laughs> But to the wrestling gods that Sheeta has somewhat of just a relevant title reign. Um, so, and, and that's pretty much it. So, and what, what's next for the outcasts? I don't even know, man. I, I can't give a single shit about them, even with Tony Storm holding on to that championship. And now she loses it. I don't know what this does for the outcasts and Tony Storm. She gets fucking rolled up, for, for God's sakes. And for, for Akaro Sheeta, she gets her little moment, but moving forward... I don't I don't know where you go from it. So especially when, again, you have a pay-per-view 
right? You actually have two upcoming pay-per-views. One is called All In, AW All In. The other one is called All Out. So wouldn't it be best to get some fucking build? You have a month to do so and you waste it in the in the main event of dynamite why because it's it's the 200th episode which again i understand but it's it's like man you title changes and, and i've said this before brian i'm going to send this off to you after i make this statement title changes need to feel important like they need to feel as such and these a lot of these title reigns especially in this company do yeah. not feel anywhere close to that and, and that's yeah. just that, that, that's just my gripe about the whole thing. But, Brian, I'll send this off to you. Your thoughts about Shida, Hokaro Shida, uh, winning back and becoming a two-time AW Women's Champion. Um, oh, man, I, yeah, I got, a, I got a lot I could say on this topic, man. But, I, I mean, I think this is just, well, the two major companies, they're both guilty of it, AEW and WWE. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. like, when we say, or when you hear wrestling fans say, right, look, women all across – WWE, AEW, Impact, New Japan, whatever wrestling promotion. Like, you know, this isn't just like a recent phenomenon. Like, this has been at least a, you know, 30 to 40 year, you know, evolution process where like multiple women have proven themselves that they can go just as hard as the guys, just as be, you know, create a character that is, 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 um, connecting with audience right so when you hear fans say like you know the the sign that was uh two weeks ago at AEW, or i can't even remember what promotion but um, somebody was holding a sign that said book the women better right well just throwing them in the main event isn't booking them better that's not that, that yeah. and, and and i feel like this is just an aspect of life in so many different areas where like just to throw something out there, to throw it out there and say, hey, see, we, we put them in the main event, but you've invested nothing in it. You, you've you've exactly. built no story. You've told yeah. no story. You've, you've given nothing to the audience to make us gravitate to or give a shit. You just want to throw them on the main event and say, hey, you know, we did our job. No, the fuck mm -hmm. you didn't. That's, that's yeah. not, you know, and it's just, I don't know. To me, it's like a... It's just a third grader logic. Like that's not what people are talking about when they say we're, we're not asking just to throw women in the main event to to give them some shine on the main event. Like right, they've shown they can they can work and they can build a character and tell a story and put on matches. So invest in that and then put them on the main event. You know, Trish, Lita, hello. You know, back in the day, like they didn't just throw them into the main event. That was a build that took years to get mm -hmm. to. Yeah. Um, and so in, in that aspect, right, the, the women have already proven, yes, they can be in the main event picture. You just got to invest in them a little bit, man. Like, that's mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Um, so sorry for that rant there. But, yeah, just as far as this title and the, and the look, Jamie Hayter's title run wasn't, important mm -hmm. um neither of tony storm's runs have been important you so you you decide to the, the to do the switch here and give the belt to sheeta which i'm a fan of sheeta too i like her but even even in this aspect right what have you done with sheeta in the last two three six months mm -hmm. to 
build her into this, you know, like, okay, now she's in the main event taking on Storm. Like, there's been no character development with Sheeta, no... I mean, there's been a you know a couple here and there when you know we thought she was going to join yeah. the outcast. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will so say, and I will say, that. and I will say to be fair, there was a little, there was, and again, not not saying that this was great or anything that's like you know beyond upon you know great or anywhere in that stretch of the yeah, imagination. Yeah. But that little shtick sh- that she had with Serena Deeb for like a couple of weeks. I thought that that was yeah, you know yeah. somewhat decent. I'll give her that. I'll give that too again just to be fair. But yeah, no, outside of that and even stuff with the outcast. I mean, yeah, I think there was maybe just one. There was maybe one. I think there was that one segment with the turn that was unexpected. That was pretty much it. Outside of that and the whole Serena Deeb stuff that maybe was decent for like a week or two, ever since she she last held that women's championship, N- nothing it's been again it's more of the inconsistency right we talk about yeah. inconsistency a lot that's what the women have gotten that more than anybody else in this industry and that's the sure, problem sure. sure they're getting this main event title picture but again if you invested nothing into it leading into this match especially for Sheeta, you know ex- you know the fact because again she's she hasn't been on the show right consistently at all you know, so so if that's the case, then it's going to be really hard for your audience to be like, man, Tony Storm and Okaru Shida. Like, I can't wait to see how this story unfolds and this match unfolds. Come on, man. You know that then yeah. that's 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 the issue with it. So yeah, no, Brian, I agree with you absolutely. Yeah, and there's my final thought with Outcast. Like, and even in this match, right? Like, and I'll say all Soraya. Soho, um, Tony Storm. I like all three of them. I like them as a group. I like them individually. And they're supposed to be a heel faction. And they have never, never, never once. And it's happened so consistently, consistently, where they have the numbers, right? But they don't, they don't do anything with it. And even in this match last night, where maybe, because it did look like Sheeta like, was really having it a an authentic, you know, emotional moment, like winning the title mm-hmm. and kudos to her. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. In this case, not the right time to do like a beat down, just have her have that moment, you know, hundred percent fine with that. But then maybe like, I don't know, just have, have the outcast just get out of there instead of like, keep cutting back to the outcast. And they're, they're all sitting there where, they still have the numbers. They're still a heel faction. They can go down and beat the shit out of, of you know, um, <laughs> Sheeta, you know, at the moment. But they, they never really do that, right? They, they've never, you have this heel faction that have never yeah. felt confident. They consistently have the numbers game in their advantage. Yeah. But like don't if, ever really take advantage of it. If you're going to have the celebration, like, don't even don't even put the camera on the outcast. Cause it, yeah, right. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like just, it just, it just, just keep doesn't... the, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, cause I mean, they, I mean, we've seen like, so like, you know, solidifying type of moments, especially title victories to where, you know, Hey, like they're getting this shining moment and then you'll see like the heel or like the, the, whatever, like the antagonist is like beaten up and like they're holding their head and they're like looking very upset and, like and that's like the yeah, cultivating yeah. moment to the end of a story, right? That's different, but yeah, with a faction, no, no I, 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 one hundred percent hear what you're saying for sure. Like, just let Sheeta just have the moment. Don't even like, and it's, it's, and it sucks too, because like the outcasts, like you mentioned, nothing about them 
or hardly any faction in this freaking company. And again, the the bullet, the Blackpool Combat Club and others have had their moments. Other than the, yeah, the elite and the Blackpool Combat Club, but yeah. Yeah, but outside of that, like, like the outcasts, ever since they formed, nothing about them has felt special or, or, or anything at all. They just spray paint people trying to be a bootlegged version of the NWO instead of black spray paint, it's freaking green spray paint, right? And that's right. That's it. They're they're not. Nobody is giving you. Nobody's giving you a reason to take them seriously because we've also seen them lose matches. We've seen them get freaking. We send them. We've seen them even have the numbers game in many segments to where they just decide to take their ball and wander off. Right. Yeah. Like I'm like. There's like legit. There'd be two people in the ring, two women in the ring, and there's three of them, and they have the numbers game. So logic and common sense would tell you, hey, we have the numbers game. We can beat the shit out of these two women. Nope. Let's just like go to the back and let's just, you know, yeah. let's scurry on the back as the plan. And it didn't go as planned or our beat down didn't go as planned. I'm like, you have the fucking numbers. It just makes yep. you look weak as fuck. <laughs> and so yeah, how can we exactly. take you as a faction seriously? It, and it's right. just little things like that that just turn fans off to where, why do I need to watch this group? There's nothing special about them. They're a bunch of fucking schmucks. <laughs> so, so yeah, it, it's just, it's disappointing. You know, there's really, there's no effort outside. The only, and, and I'll make this bold statement, Brian, and I've made this statement before in the past. The last women's champion that I can really remember that felt as such was Britt Baker as a heel. And then she lost that title to, to uh, what was it? To Thunder Rosa in that whole cage match or whatever. And right. it was a tremendous freaking match. It was an yeah, awesome yeah, solidifying moment. They yep. did nothing with 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 Thunder Rosa after that. And and again, Thunder Rosa. Again, we talk, and I've said this about Thunder Rosa, where there's days where she's really good or she's really really bad. It, it's one of the two. Um, and just that inconsistency did not help her at all. But yeah, but after that, once once Thunder Rosa held on to that title and they had this new variation of the title, which again looks beautiful, by the way, out after that, man, this championship's prestige has just gone completely out the window. Absolutely. And, and that's and it's just say, it's a shame. Even with, I would even say even with Brits run, I mean, yeah, that's the last time where it felt as such. But even, you know, within the, the run she had, there was times where it was just like, the fuck like nothing's happening yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely so we'll we'll see and we'll again like you guys know we'll give things a chance we'll see where things play out in regards to Sheeta. i don't i have no faith and i have no freaking again because this company doesn't give me the benefit of the doubt to do such you know people think right. like oh this is going to be this was great for Sheeta. she's gonna have a tremendous title reign what makes you think that <laughs> the way that right. this oh, this, okay. this division is booked this company does not deserve your benefit of the doubt, and it truly does not deserve mine, nor does yours, Brian. So again, but again, we will let we will see how things go, and we will give it a chance. But nothing tells me that Sheeta's title reign is going to be any better than Tony Storm's yep. and Thunder Rosa's or anybody in the past that's held Jamie that freaking title. Jamie, J Jamie Hader, exactly. So and shit, she held the title for twice as many amount of days than Tony storm, which is freaking, <laughs> right. which is, which is unbelievable. Yeah. And she did not yeah. feel any, any much more important. So, but we'll say, um, just, just, it just seems weird that we're putting these women in main events, which is great. But again, 
You have a pay-per-view that's called All In and another pay-per-view that's called All Out. Would have loved to see some build. If you want to put the women in your main event, maybe put them in a segment that can build them towards that that pay-per-view said match. Right. But, yep. you know, whatever. It's it's the 200th episode of Dynamite. They want to make, a, I guess, a feel-good type of a moment. I get it. But at the end of the day, how much is this really helping the women's division? And the answer is... Not, not really. Not, not really yeah. at all. So yeah. before we get into our final topic for AEW, I do would like to make some shout outs real quick. So my first shout out, and honestly, my only shout out, um, and actually, oh, scratch that. I actually have two. My first one is Swerve Strickland and AR Fox. As they cut a, honestly, the best segment that I've seen Swerve Strickland in probably ever. And that's, and that includes a, and that includes a, a WWE with, NXT, the main roster, everything with Hit Row. Mm-hmm. This was probably one of the best segments I've seen Swerve Strickland in in a very long time. And and the most that AR Fox has felt as such, I mean, shit, Ever. we forget <laughs> half, half of the time who this fucking dude is. <laughs> and now he's a part of this whole clique or this whole faction, which he does fit well. But we've even said it last week, Brian. It's like, how can how can we care about a guy as well as a faction to where this said person who is joining this faction has not been on television, you know, well, when he had, and when he is on television, he's just putting on a really good match with no substance, no reason to care about the match, you know, and he's been off television, you know, he he's off television one week. He's put on, he's going to put on a banger of a match one week. And then you don't hear from him again for another freaking several, several weeks. Right. And then you have Swerve Strickland and his Mongol embassy uh, faction, right. To where, Look, we like Swerve Strickland, but nothing about this faction, just like we talked about with the Outcast, have felt as such. There's not a reason right. to, to for us to believe that, man, these guys are badass. These dudes are dangerous. Like, we need to see more of these two. We, have ne- we haven't gotten that. Nothing about Swerve and that whole – there was a Mongol affiliates with, with – uh, I, I forget, the, forget their names. I, I apologize. But whoever those two dudes were – and now you involve now AR Fox, oh, yeah. Parker and, Bordeaux, or something. Parker like, Bordeaux, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, where the fuck did they go disappear? The, to? the yeah, dude is know. just falling off the face of the earth. I, I have no freaking idea. Yeah, uh, yeah. But now you add AR Fox, and and, and and I don't even know what the deal is with 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 Brian Cage and Big Bill because I know they're supposed to be a part of this whole shtick right. or whatever. Um, but hey, and and but this, but finally, Brian, finally, we finally have something to sink our teeth into and say, man, I hope, and again, just we, we pray and hope that this, there's momentum leading into this, but for what this segment was, so you had Swerve Strickland and AR Fox, they, uh, they invade, uh, what was it? Nick Wayne and Darby Allens, their little, their little home, like gym. I forget what they call it. It's like some type of Academy type of gym or whatever they call it. Um, you know, and they attack like one of another fellow wrestler that wrestles in the, in, in the Academy or in that, uh, in that, you know, shtick or whatever, as well as Nick Wayne, as they're practicing move sets, as they pretty much just beat the living shit out of them. They, they invade, like they had a video camera, um, you know, pander to them as they, it was like a very real type of really just a cool visual as well. Um, freaking Swerve Strickland takes like a, a picture of, I believe it was him and his father, I want to say. Yeah. And he bashes it over freaking Nick Wayne's head over it. He's gushing freaking blood. They end up having, they, they, they force 
Nick Wayne to to unlock his phone or like unlock the phone. I think he had like and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think he had like a like like a piece of glass and like he was threatening him almost to like slit his fucking throat. Like I mean that was like yeah, yeah, yeah. holy shit. I can't man. remember if it was glass or a knife, but yeah, yeah, it was either a knife or like a piece of glass that he shattered with the picture or whatever. Yeah. Um. So he unlocks the phone and they call Darby Allen. They send a message to Darby Allen. He's like, listen, you know, he's like, how easy was it for you to deliver a phone call when you couldn't deliver a phone call to AR Fox, you know, for, for months and for years, right? You know, you say like, there'd be no, you know, there, there's no uh, Darby Allen without an AR Fox. Well, then why haven't you called him? Why haven't you done this and that? And see how easy it was for you to pick up the phone. It's like, well, listen, this is just the beginning. And just, you know, he says a few more words. And again, he's like, and he, and he gets amplified too. He's like, no, you shut up and listen, like talking to freaking Darby Allen on, on the phone. Um, and yeah, man, just a really, just a really good visual. And Hey, it, this is how you want to get me intrigued with, with Mongol embassy and AR Fox and Swerve Strickland. That's how you fucking do it. That's what I want to see, man. Make me care again. I don't care who you push. Make me care. That is how you do it. That is a start and you freaking build the momentum leading up to that. But Brian, I know we want, I want, I do want to get into our final topic. And that of course is MJF and Adam Cole, but quickly your thoughts in regards to uh swerve and AR Fox and that whole, sh- that vignette that they had. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was great too. Definitely the best, you know, that I've seen either one of them in. And again, specifically for AR Fox, you know, all I've ever seen of the guy is the, the acrobatic gymnastic matches and right. Yeah. There's been no character, no, mm-hmm. no nothing. Man, he he did this really well. So shout out to yeah. him, man. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, if you continue this and and push this, sure, this could be good. Like I've always been a fan of Swerve, um, and, and yeah, this feels that felt that felt just good. It it felt it felt good. It felt right. It clicked. It made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, and this is just a personal thing for me, and I'm sure, like, I, from all accounts, like Tony Khan is a is a fantastic human being and i'm sure nick wayne signed off on it it's just a personal thing for me you when you when you go uh when you put that like you know parents real life death in the storyline yeah uh, just be careful um yeah 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 yeah. because it's that's tricky that's tricky man yeah Um, i mean i think it's just the fact that they they want the I think they just want to feel a sense of realism into the situation, but yeah, I I definitely hear where you're coming from. And I can understand like people not being on board to that aspect of, I guess you could say the story or the shtick that they're doing. Um, But that, you know, when we say this a lot in wrestling, it's like you want these wrestlers to feel what they're performing, right? right? right. You want them to just feel because it's easy to just, you know, read a script off of a freaking off a piece of paper and just say, Hey, I did the segment. Right. But it's, but it's, it's, it's feeling it like you're actually, you know, you know, feeling this, what you're feeling. Right. And, and sometimes I feel like that that's what AEW tries to do is they bring up a lot of personal shit, like a lot of family. And of course, not saying that, that WWE hasn't done that in the past either. I mean, they shoot, they do it from time to time, even still to this day. Um, But yeah, no doubt, man. I know. And I, I hear where you're coming from in, in regards to that, you know, maybe because some for some people it may not sit well with them in regards to you know just how again because again everybody's different so yeah absolutely Brian I, I hear and what you're saying and it's not and I'm not like really knocking it again that's just my personal thing because at the end yeah, of the day what yeah. you just said right it makes you feel right it made me feel right that's 
And that's why that's, you know, so it's that double-edged sword where, yeah, man, it, you, you have to take the realism of real life and, and bring that into your character and your story to make exactly. people feel. It's just, it's, you know, again, my personal opinion or my, just how I feel, man, when you get into like insulting people's, you know, dead parents or whatever, it's just the, did you have to do that? <laughs> yeah. You know, but no, yeah, I get it. whatever it's, it's, yeah, it makes you feel and that's what they need to do. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and, of, and Hey, freaking uh, Rob fan, damn freaking yeah. uh, returned, or I guess you could say made his AW debut. Um, as he confronted Jack Perry um, and freaking Jack Perry ended up retreating to the bag as they, they, they were face to face and he tries to sneak attack RVD with a steel chair. He tries to hit that whole roundhouse kick that RVD does. He ducks out, Jack Perry ducks out of the way and he retreats through the, through the crowd. So interesting. Um, Not sure how to make, make of that, Uh, but Hey, it was good to see RVD. So I don't know, kind of interesting in a way. You know, we talked about the whole Ricky the Dragon steamboat to where, cool, if you want to bring certain legends back to put them in, in, in a segment, you know, you know, like we talked about with Ricky the Dragon steamboat, no harm, no foul. But I don't know. With RVD, it's – and even like we said it even too with like with Jerry Lynn, um, which I had a feeling this wasn't going to be like an actual match or fight. I had yeah. a feeling something was probably going to happen. And it's – and another thing is Hook – like Hook is now he lost this match and is he I guess is he just completely have they just gone completely their separate ways so I, I don't know but Brian I I'll bet you, you you don't see him until All In probably uh, yeah that's, that's probably yeah. what it, it's what it's looking like for sure but yeah Brian uh, before we get into our final topic with AEW your your thoughts if you have any in regards to RVD um just yeah I mean it was cool to see RVD back in there and uh, yeah going back to like last week the whole Jerry Lynn thing didn't make sense just because. You know, no knock to Jerry Lynn. He had his time, and he he was he was one of the stars back then for sure. But yeah, to just have him come back out there and then you know make a match, it didn't make sense. So I just don't know why. I mean, he could have said something like, "Well, I got a friend that you know I'll bring." It just to announce the match with Jerry Lee just didn't or Jerry Lynn just didn't make sense. Um, but RVD, you know. Uh, I mean, I would imagine, you know, Perry still would probably win this match or or if they do go the route, because I, I had mentioned the title thing and RVD had mentioned it, like just beat him to retire the title, because why the fuck is a title there anyway? It's a, <laughs> it's a needless title. Um, so it could go that route. And, you know, RVD, why I don't think this is, you know, he's not going to be, you know, one of the top guys, but. He's kept himself into, you know, a good enough shape and condition that he can go out there and, you know, put on a damn good match. So, Absolutely. yeah, uh, you know, no harm, no foul. Good to see him. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Um, and, and, I'm, and we'll talk a little bit more about it because All In is coming up. And I'm sure maybe do they save that for All In for a match between Jack Perry and RVD? We'll, we'll, we'll see. So uh, I'll, I'll save yeah. my thoughts, you know, later on in, in, in regards to that. But Um, But let's get into this final topic here. And then, of course, it is MJF and Adam Cole, because what other topic would we end? Would we end an AEW discussion? Right. So MJF, your world champion, uh, not the real champion, but your your AEW world champion. He hits the ring. His music hits. 
comes out with a smile on his face and he's showing admiration to the crowd, a very baby face type of uh, ba- very yep. baby face type of promo. And he talks about having a an attention deficit disorder as well as a, a disorder of rejection. You know, he talks about the hardships of being like the little the little Jew boy that gets quarters thrown at him or whatever. He talked about being bullied and getting cheated on, et cetera. And he says, listen, being hated is easy, but what's hard is being vulnerable. Um, and he says, listen, you know, he talks about, you know, you know, I don't want to live pretty much in, in, in try, trying to sum up and just the words that he said is pretty much, you know, I don't want to live being hated, you know, or, you know, or I don't want to live in a world of hate in my heart. You know, that's not a way to live. You know, I've learned that in my relationship with Adam Cole, like he mentions, uh, like he mentions later on in this promo. But he says, listen, you know, it's like, don't get it twisted, right? Like, you know, freaking Rome wasn't built in the day. I'm still a scumbag at the end of the day, but I'm your scumbag. And then right. the freaking the crowd started chanting like, uh, he's like, we're your scumbag or so, or like something scumbag. You're or our scumbag. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, you're our scumbag or something. Um, as again, he shows, shows appreciation then to Adam Cole as he, as he, as he brings him out to the ring. Adam Cole comes out with no theme music. He just walks to the ring. And Adam Cole expresses how, you know, you know, impressed he is with 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 uh, with MJF and, and just impressed of how the man that MJF is becoming or that man that he is meant to be um, as MJF then later on keeps his promise. Um, well, let me rephrase that. So he ends up saying, like, listen, you know, I did say that I owed you a title match, you know, win, lose or draw with those tag titles. I was going to give you this title match. But the now the more I think about it. I don't, I don't think you deserve a title match. And then Adam Cole's face was like very confused. Like, what, 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 what are you talking about? He's like, you don't deserve just a match. You deserve the match in the main event, in the biggest pay-per-view, the biggest setting in, in this company's history, which is in Wembley Stadium at All In, as he has a contract in his hand and he gives it to, to, uh, to, uh, for, to Adam Cole to sign it. And freaking without hesitation, Adam Cole just signs the contract Without reading it. And there's even people in the crowd that are chanting or saying, read it, read the contract. Um, but MJ, again, Adam Cole just signs the contract, um, you know, and they 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 uh, they embrace one another. Adam Cole's like, I love you, man. And MJF's like, I love you too, dude. And they just embrace in a big hug and they stand tall in the middle of the ring. And freaking Roderick Strong is like throwing an absolute fit. He's like throwing freaking computer monitors and all this shit in the back as he's like completely freaking lost it to the point where like he's, you know, um, and some people came up to him. I forgot who they were. Yeah. Um, who, you, do you know who? I didn't know who they I, were. I don't even, yeah. I don't even remember. Uh, I think, but I think yeah. the main focal point is that, uh, no, I think that, or what they wanted you to get out of it is that freaking Roderick Strong is now becoming more irritated. And now I think he's going to have to force his hand to be a little bit more, more involved and more in between in regards to this situation. So he's, he's still got the neck brace and everything. Um, yeah. yeah Freaking Roderick strong is pissed off. He feels like I, you know, he feels like I'm sure he's losing his best friend to this scumbag. <laughs> That's MJF as they're celebrating in the ring. They got this big freaking match now at all. And that is the first match so far that has been announced. And that is MJF and Adam Cole for that AW world championship. Um, and that is the end of the segment. So, and of course, uh, and like we forgot, and I forgot to mention as well, the tag match uh, that was at Collision um, this past Saturday is, of course, you know, 
FTR defeats MJF and Adam Cole, which again was the right call. A lot of people, you know, thought that you know MJF and Adam Cole should have won these titles. I completely disagree yeah. with that. You cannot. You, there's no way you. It's not needed for you to tell this story with them holding on to the freaking tag championships. Absolutely not. Use those tag titles to elevate your tag division. Please, and if, please, you did, if they did make that call, then you just shit all over FTR. Like Exa- exactly, <laughs> right? Like you, you, you it, exactly. It's like FTR. Just like they, they just won these titles. You're not going to give them to MJF and Adam Cole to tell to tell a story between the two. Like no, absolutely yeah. not. Um, so FTR winning was, was the right decision. I was happy about that. But then after the match, you know, MGF is upset. He's like, he's crying. Like I blew it. I blew the match. And MJF, Adam Cole's trying to cheer him up. Like you're the world champion. There's nothing for you to be ashamed of. And then freaking Adam Cole's got his back turn and MJF. It seemed like he was about to use the title to hit, uh, Adam Cole over the head and Adam Cole. And this was actually a really cool touch. Adam Cole was like he didn't he didn't even he wasn't even looking at, at at MJF his back was turned but from the reaction from the crowd he 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 got the word or he I'm sure he put two and two together and he's like don't tell me he's about to do what I think he's about to do and he just said you know what you know I put my trust in you you know it's my fault for 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 trusting you you know what just do it he puts his arms out like just take your shot and just do it but MJF he tosses that title to the side and he's like, no, nah, I can't do it. And they embrace in that big hug and they celebrate in the middle of the ring. And that's how Collision went off the air this past Saturday. So, Brian, I'll let you I'll let you get your thoughts in before I get in mine. So your your thoughts about how this feud, this story is taking place here and, and your thoughts for this upcoming match in, at AW All In between MJF uh, and Adam Cole for this world title. Just so damn good, man. Um, even... <laughs> Again, like the little touch you said from uh, Adam Cole back on Collision, right? With, uh, you know, just not turning around, just like, you know, putting two and two together, yeah. man. Just, just like, like reading, little... just reading the room, the temperature in the right, room, right? right? Yeah. Just little things like that, man. Um, and yeah, where, where this story is going, who obviously, you know, as we, we've said, you know, he's MJF, um, you know, is slowly building that face, right? Building the, the face turn. But there's a, it's MJF, man. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So again, even, and I didn't even catch it uh, when you just said, you know, where, you know, he didn't read the contract and people, I didn't even hear that, but. Yeah, like man, dude, he just grabs the contract because I'm telling right? that because that could be a way that this story can take place. Like, hey, you didn't read the contract or what was in that yep. contract is like we talk about MJF, man. You know, he calls himself the devil for a reason and he's going to find every which way to get himself any type of advantage or to really get the one up on Adam Cole. And that's another way that you could possibly do it. Could that be? Who knows? Um, but I just yeah. noticed that, like, as soon as, MJ, as soon as Adam Cole grabbed the contract, he immediately just signs it. And even freaking people in the crowd are chanting, no, wait, read it. Read the contract. So yeah, I'm just yeah. saying, man, like, again, never sign something and, you know, never sign something <laughs> unless you read fucking read it. So, but yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's been fantastic. And. Man, it, there's just so many directions I feel, or I mean, maybe not so many. I mean, there, there's a few, but I think all all of them are money, right? Like you see Adam or MJF, like obviously now like embracing this this face, you know, side of him. But again, he's the devil, right? And you're, you you know you can also see there's a story like he's going to go right up to the line, right, mm-hmm. and then and then turn on him, right, and make you hate him again. You could make Adam Cole the heel. 
I, I think that that is a story there as well. You could you could make work. Um, so yeah, and, and to give them, uh, you know, whatever. At least in this company, the world title, MJF and Adam Cole main event Wembley Stadium, right call. That's just the right call, man. Um, you know. Shout out to Adam Cole, too, especially, um, you know, a guy, NXT, right? And the whole knock on him and, and a lot of these guys, right? He's, you know, he's under six foot tall. Well, you're never going to be the main event. Well, fuck you. <laughs> like, I can be the <laughs> yeah. main event. And um, so, yeah, kudos to him because absolutely. I mean, he was a star in NXT, you know, the whole Undisputed Era, you know, coming over at AEW. He is a main, main event level talent. And... You know, that, that's what, I, you know, I never understood really, you know, I know, you know, wrestling goes through eras and, and, and things like that. But in particular with Vince and, and WWE, like, yes, in the 80s, right, everybody had to be jacked and huge and, and, and literally larger yeah. than life. And he's still kind of, that's like the, the base formula that has carried through for WWE. And it doesn't always have to be like that. And I think they've, they've, yeah, missed the ball on a lot of stars just because they weren't, you know, 6'5", 275, you know? Yeah. Um, Adam Cole being one of them. So, shout out to him. He's going to get this spot. And, I mean, I don't know what the crowd was at Mania this year um, or what it'll be at SummerSlam, but this is Wembley fucking Stadium, and I know they're already up to, what, 65, 75,000 tickets? I think more than so, that. I think it looks to like 80,000 now, I believe. 80,000. So mm -hmm. this is probably going to be the biggest wrestling show of the year. Um, yeah. I would argue. Like I said, I don't know what Mania was, but yeah, shout out to them, man. And uh, just a, one one last to close it out, man. MJF being MJF. Um, so in the promo, right, Adam, Adam Cole's like, you know, just, oh, I'm so proud of you. And, you know, the man you're becoming, right? <laughs> And MJF's like, well, thank you for that verbal fellatio. And, uh, you know, the crowd's like, oh, you know, he's like, he's like, what? I told you I was a scumbag. I literally just told you that. <laughs> it was just like <laughs> perfect MJF, man. It's yeah. just he nails yeah. everything he does. And mm -hmm. so shout out to them man, getting this main event at the biggest wrestling show of the year. Um, and, yeah, however it goes down, whoever turns, whoever wins, uh, I just think it's it's going to be money. So looking forward to it. Yeah, and, and that's and that's a, a thing too. Is you know, I, I know we a lot of wrestling fans talk about like the shock factor, right? Like there's there's not a whole lot of shock factor because a lot of things with WWE, because as well as AW nowadays over the last four years, is that a lot of stuff is so redundant to where we see already things coming from like a month a week or frick, yeah, again, like just months in advance, right? A freaking a day, right. a week, months from now, we can see it happening. And, you know, but when it comes to situations like this, right? Even though, yes, we may see things coming with this story and we expect a turn, whether that's Adam Cole or MJF, probably MJF is probably the route that they're probably going to go, which is totally fine. It's just, yeah. it's just the way that they're doing it. You know, yep. as long as you do it a certain way, that's 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 all I can really ask for. Right. And I think that's the only and I think that's for every single wrestling fan, regardless of 
whether you feel that shock factor or not, and yes, it's important in professional wrestling. Of course it is. But as long as things are done properly, then I will give it personally, me, I will give it that, that gratification because of how yeah. well everything is being done and, 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 and et cetera, et cetera. Right. So, um, so regardless of how this is, how this is going to go, I think at this point, Brian, we'd also talked about giving people the benefit of the doubt. I give my benefit of the doubt that this can work and this, this whole shtick will end, you know, pretty darn freaking solid. So, yep. but we'll, but we'll see, we'll, we'll see how all in ends up being. We'll see what Roderick's strong in, involvement is like in regards to what he's, what he can bring to the table. I think that this is a really cool situation for, for Roderick strong. We'll see what type of storytelling that he can bring into. Cause I feel I, like again, Roderick strong, even though again, he was part of the undisputed era and, and we all like that, you know, we all like that whole, that whole shtick and everything. But again, when it comes to Roderick strong, the singles, you know, talent performer, we don't know, even though, again, he, he's been a part of this industry for a while, but not a lot of casuals and not a lot of people know right. too much about how he can produce or how, or what he can bring to the table. And when it comes to this type of story, so hopefully this can make Roderick strong. Like we talked, like I talked about with Ricky Starks, you know, in this situation, like this can make even Roderick Strong more relevant than what he was before this whole this whole situation between MJF and Adam Cole even started. So and and like yeah, we also I, always say, there's so many ways that you can go with this that yeah. can work and that can continue to gravitate and allow fans to just sink their teeth into. And that's the main thing in regards to this entire situation. And before we get into NXT, you know, Brian, me, and, and yeah, go ahead, Brian, your thoughts. Yeah, yep. just, to, just to Roderick Strong, um, this is a perfect avenue for him, man. I, I think, you know, a good call, if if you're keeping MJF heel, um, have Roderick Strong, right, align himself with MJF, right? That will get more heat on MJF. Roderick Strong, I mean, okay, if he comes back and, you know, he just saves Cole and it's kind of undisputed error, well, we've already seen that from Strong, right? Mm -hmm. So you, you've you've already kind of built this story where Strong already feels betrayed by Cole already. Yeah. Him, have him align with AJ, uh, MJF, man. I don't know. Again, yeah, and again, like I, like I mentioned, there's a lot of ways that you can go, and that's what makes yep. this – this entire story just, you know, just really intriguing, you know, because there's so, so many situations that can work and so many avenues that you can go, uh, go about it. So, but we'll yeah. see, we'll, we'll see how everything turns out. And I'm sure, um, I don't know if, if this story continues in collision or they're going to wait till next week's dynamite, but we shall see as this story continues. And it seems like now we're on, uh, we're, we're on the next chapter I guess you can say of, of this story, you know, they're pretty right. much, I believe their tag, their tag tenure. I would, I guess you can say is done. The blind tag tournament is done. The championship yeah. tag match is pretty much done. And who knows, maybe they might tag every now and then, but I think that that I whole think they'll still be having story. like each other's back, like maybe even in singles matches or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Maybe something right. like that. Yeah. Probably something like that as well. Um, but yeah, we'll see what we, we, we shall see. Um, and like I said earlier, no, this, at this point, this, this feud, and of course we know that MJF and Adam Cole are going to deliver. We know that these performers yep. are going to deliver, but the way that the story is being told this doing stuff like this is what gives me the benefit of the doubt to say, 
I have full confidence that they can end this right. You know, yep. it started off well, it's going well, but now you got to end it the way or just end it in a way to where it's it's captivating, it's intriguing, and it makes sense. So the last thing I do want to say, and Brian, you mentioned about with Adam Cole, you gave a shout out to Adam Cole, you know, of course, talking about his height and talking about, you know, you know, people kind of, I guess you can say criticizing Adam Cole because, you know, we talked about, you know, and you even, you mentioned like back in the day, how people like Kevin Nash and people like Scott Hall, Scott Steiner, you know, these guys that are big and muscular and they actually look larger than life. You know, I, I, I have, I have a friend, right. A very good friend um, that we've had this conversation before. This was like months before, way before we even started this podcast about, you know, wrestlers nowadays kind of just looking like just again a guy that you that would be picking up my groceries at a local grocery store you know so listen at the end of the day and this is what i told this is what i told him is that look i understand like the larger than life aspect when it comes to these wrestlers and how they look as such it is definitely has definitely gone in a completely di- different direction. I, I can acknowledge that. However, at the end of the day, like you mentioned, as long as the talent is there, the potential is there, and you book them and they have a character that they can rock with and such, then at the end of the day, that's all that matters. However, Brian, I do if I do want to play devil's advocate to where, man, it's just I even mentioned this with like dragon off when he was freaking giving german suplexes and just beating the living shit out of a guy like trick williams freaking that's almost six foot five six foot six it's just it's just a really weird visual right it's just right so i don't know so when it comes to that aspect like and no question when it comes to adam cole like the dude is talented and the dude should be treated as such and he's talented and i don't think his height should should define of, of what the talent that he is However, it, it, it definitely, when I look back at people like a Kevin Nash or an Andre the Giant or a Hulk Hogan or an Undertaker, and these guys, like you, as you were a little kid, you would just look up and be like, just oh, in freaking sure. awe. You know what I'm saying? Like they were just like these big behemoths that were just, again, like we talk about, larger than freaking life. So when it comes to that aspect, Brian, it's just I'm, I'm 50-50 with it to where – I don't mind these guys as as long as they feel as such and they make me feel and make me give a shit about them. I'm totally fine with that. However, at the end of the day, it the height and the size does play a bit of a role. If if I'm just being fair in that situation, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so no, no, I, I I fully understand that. Yeah, I, I just I, I guess in my mindset, it doesn't have to be either or. It can be both and. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. And yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. you're you're right. Like, I mean, I wouldn't put, you know, yeah, if you put a dragon off or Adam Cole in there against Kevin Nash or Andre the Giant or something, well, yeah, that's a little fucking silly. But at the same time, um, is Adam Cole a thousand times better wrestler and storyteller than than Big Papa Pump or Big Goldberg, Bill Goldberg? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you know, no, and, so, and that's and that's why too. Again, that that's why I don't mind people like Adam Cole. That's all and I'm the saying. Yeah, it, should, have. it doesn't have to be either or. It should be both and. Yeah, exact, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I just, I just hope that we just don't get. You know, we just hope that we always talk about the look, right? The look is always a major, major important sure. factor when it comes to looking or being large in the life. But definitely, yeah, either or. You know, you can be 
freaking six foot tall, have bigger muscles. You can have delts from freaking the state of California to freaking New York City, right? I mean, or again, you could be the size of a freaking of a Johnny Gargano like or a freaking Tommaso Champa. I mean, hell, look at yep. what Tommaso Champa and Johnny Gargano were able to do. They put on a tremendous freaking feud. And it's still yep. a feud and a, and a rivalry that we're still talking about to this day. So definitely it has it, it it's it's 50 50. So when it comes to me and my point of view, I can see why people, you know, people like Hulk Hogan has made exa- like made it made like, you know, examples like, damn, this dude looks like he can just bag my groceries at a local freaking target or a local freaking Publix or a Harris Teeter. Right. So I can understand the party in that aspect. But definitely, regardless of the height, even though I would. We, we would wish to have more guys to that type of stature. But again, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're the size of Adam Cole or the size of a freaking Scott Steiner or a freaking Kevin Nash or an Andre the Giant. As long as you have the gift to gab, as long as you have you check off every single box, then yeah. there's no reason why you can't and perform and be a legend in, in, in this industry. So. Right. But just wanted just just to bring that up because I know we, no a doubt, lot of wrestlers. Even with Hulk Hogan, I'm pretty sure like Adam Cole would just wipe the mat with Hulk Hogan. In a right, right, ex- ex- exactly, right, absolutely. Yeah. So, and again, and that's also the difference of just people, the different wrestling styles. Because we've also yeah. talked about too, like you know, you don't have to be the greatest technical wrestler to be a great to be a great performer in this industry. But yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, as long as as long as you have. The gift to gab, as long as you know the fundamentals of wrestling and ha- and check off every single box, you know there is no reason why you can't be the best in this industry, regardless yeah. if you're freaking six foot, seven foot tall, or you're freaking five some odd, whatever, whatever height, five foot eight, five foot nine, and weighing a buck fifty, a buck sixty. So it has its perks, it has its negatives, but at either or, sure. th- both both people in that type of aspect, the 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 look wise should always shouldn't really have to matter too much if that makes sense to everybody. So yeah. 